You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul, episode 172. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and I am in addiction recovery. Well, 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 my friends, as always, it is an honor and a privilege to have you here. And today we have a special guest for you. I'm super pumped to bring her out. Before we do that, let's do a quick recap of what we've been discussing over the last couple of weeks, because this is all part of a much bigger story arc that I'm creating for us as we move into the middle part of summer and gear up really for fall, because I know while summer just seems like it started, falls right around the corner, at least according to football season. So you'll notice over the last few episodes, we've talked about addiction, sobriety, and life as habits. In episode 170, I got on Jesse Mogul's soapbox and talked about my 2001 days sober and how so much about life is these unconscious habits that are actually creating our life, that you don't choose your life as much as you choose your habits, and those habits are what create your life. Going back a little deeper, you'll see how we did stimulus, choice, reaction, response, very much talking about emotional reactions versus being emotionally grounded and having an opportunity to respond. Also, very habit-driven within your mind. We went over empathy. We had my 46th birthday. and Then we started talking about recovery languages, stigma, so many different things that I learned through the Certified uh, Addiction Recovery Support Specialist programs here in Alabama and Tennessee. Recently, I had the pleasure of finishing up teaching a uh, NLP course with our guest today, Aubrey Pohl, and it was absolutely just groundbreaking. It was fantastic for us both, and it was such an amazing experience. We're going to continue doing it with each other, and we have talked multiple times, countless times about neuro-linguistic programming and how, because I found that at month three and dove head deep into it, uh, moving from that moment on forth, how much that helped me in my addiction recovery. So many of my, uh, so many of y'all, so many of you out there have reached out to me and asked me more about neuro and linguistic programming, how you could be able to integrate it into your sobriety and recovery journeys, how you might even be able to learn it so that you could go off and become uh, somebody who guides others to heal their traumas, just like you'll be guiding yourself to heal yourself through your traumas. So all of that to say that because of who Aubrey Pohl is in my life, I felt like there is no better person in existence who could come on the show and adequately be able to express the power of neuro-linguistic programming. Because while she doesn't um, go through the substance abuse that we have gone through with the alcohol and drugs, she has her own journey that has led her to where she's at. She's had her own lived experiences, her own traumas that she's now well-informed about and guides other people to become more well-informed about theirs. So without any further ado, I could sit here and rattle on, but honestly, until I bring her onto the show and introduce her, it's just like, a bunch of words coming out of my mouth without the opportunity to actually hear her voice. So let me introduce Aubrey Pohl to you. Not only is she an NLP trainer, she's a human communication specialist and she's a professional speaker. She has a collection, check this out y'all, 42 alternative education certifications in mindset, mindset, leadership, and movement. And she helps individual coaches, healers, and life learners get NLP certified through her signature Life Through Leadership NLP Academy. Right There, she guides people to learn mental mastery tools for rapid transformations and life improvement. 
In her playtime, she enjoys camping, playing music, fire spinning, dancing, and being a lifelong learner. And trust me, go find her on social media. She posts some of the most interesting videos because of she plays with fire. She's played with fire, y'all. So without any further ado, let me introduce NLP master trainer, one of my best friends on the planet, Aubrey Pohl. Welcome to the show, Aubrey. Thank you, Jesse. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm so appreciative of your energy and I'm just very grateful to be in this space right now to be able to have this conversation with you and share it with your listeners and just I really honor and recognize all the work that you do as well. And just the, the energy and the motivation that you bring into this kind of mental work, it helps all of us that are around you and all of us that are friends with you. So much appreciated. Well, I thank you back for that generous intro to the show. We have got so many different things that we can talk about. And um, one of the things I, you know, when I do bring guests on the show, which isn't very often, though I'm seeking to bring more on down the road, is to talk about a little bit of your origin story. All right? A lot of people would say, oh, you're just one of those self-help people. You just think you're a life guru. And, and this is what people are saying about me. I don't know what they say about you, but it's not just that we're into self-help and that we, you know, I do not, do not call me your guru. Tony Robbins doesn't want me to call the guru, neither do I. But I am very interested in my listeners understanding your path to get to the space where you started to really dive into this lifelong learning that you have so blessedly embraced yourself with. And now you guide us through too. Mm, thanks for asking. It's the beautiful serendipities of life that lead you from one event to the other, right? And I found myself, you know, in the fitness industry a few years ago for, for over a decade and really finding a lot of success in the fitness industry. And miraculously, one day this client comes in, we're bear crawling on the floor and he starts telling me about these leadership seminars. And at that point in my life, I was about 25 super into leadership. How can I be an even more empowering and influential leader? And then I went to an NLP seminar. (laughs) You go to the NLP seminar and, and the rest is history as far as learning the NLP and why it was so remarkable was because I have that opposing contrast frame for whatever purposes and whatever reason, the adaptation of my younger life led me to be very self-destructive have a lot of negative thoughts towards myself, no matter how much of a scholar or an athlete I was. I had above a 4.0 in high school. I was on the varsity soccer team, varsity sports. And for some reason, I had never fully recognized myself. And if anything, I was doing the complete opposite. I was tearing myself down. I was literally writing in notebooks how horrible I was as an individual, how I need to do better, be better. And that kind of thought was a rampant virus in my mind for for a lot of my childhood. And so when I started to absorb that, I had been around 18, I really started to see that, oh my goodness, I was living almost two decades. You know, as a young 18 year old, I realized that I, I lived a lot of my life hating myself. And through a very blissful in the long run trauma, that I went through with cancer and getting diagnosed with cancer when I was 18, thyroid cancer, it really was the thing that ripped me in a new one, you know, that really took me from a space of self-destruction and seeing the fragility of life and how much I wanted to change that because I was sad. I was unhappy. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. 
And through learning NLP and understanding that there is this malleability to how we can frame our life and frame our mindset and frame our reality, I was able to dig myself out of that hole or climb myself out of that hole, I should say, and found a whole new neurological structure that is beneficial for me and my heart and my soul. And it, I felt this duty and obligation to keep sharing it because it's so good and it is so powerful and you have all the ability to change when you decide that you want to. And if you don't know how, that's where NLP comes in. That's the technique, the modality, and the learning style that'll allow you to gain the self-awareness to see where you are and alter your mind to place yourself in a more empowering and better space. So that's a little bit of my story. And I'm just, again, ever so grateful to all the serendipities that led me on this path. Beautiful serendipities that led you on this path. And so many things I want to touch upon before we move past that conversation point. I mean, one, you said sick and tired of being sick and tired. Come on, y'all out there. I know you're 172 episodes into this show. You know, that's one of the things that we start saying in meetings. We start saying in our treatment centers that we're sick and tired of being sick and tired. And we've dug ourselves into this hole. We scraped ourselves off of the bottom rung. We, we, we bounced ourselves off of this metaphorical and sometimes very physical rock bottom. And now we're climbing out of this hole. And like Aubrey says, that NLP is, is it, it explains to you, we already sort of understand the why, why we want out of this hole. And we've read enough books. We've heard enough people talk about what it's like to get out of the hole, but it's the how of getting out of this mindset of this years and years and years of, of circling around that I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm a piece of crap. I'm a piece of crap. So whether somebody told it to you or you just got it in your head, y'all some, I mean, even for me, I was also a very good student. I was, a, I thought a very good kid yet at the same time, I beat myself up constantly about stuff. And when I came to at 18 and somebody's like, Hey, you're a little high strung dude. You should try this thing called weed. It, weed wasn't the gateway trauma and sadness and depression were the gateway. And that's what led us here. When you start to look at the way you were as a child and looking at how much you spiraled around this, I'm not worthy and, and I'm a piece of crap and all of that. And now you look at the where you've come today. What would you say NLP has played the most important part in allowing you to uncover about yourself? Mm. Shifting the linguistic structure of my identity words, you know, the I am statements and all of those thoughts that were only continuing to be self-destructive. And when we take a look at the actual thoughts and the words that we're choosing to use to shape our reality, that's when we really can gain more awareness of, okay, what, what reality am I creating through my words? What, what am I serving myself with or, or not serving myself with? And what NLP can also allow us to do is go back and essentially relive our trial our childhood with these different choices and different patterns and we can see things differently because we can see okay so the way our parents raised us might have had an effect on how we're thinking and also that all, all of our life choices and NLP has just been that that gift to gain the techniques to reframe a lot of things that were going on in my life, a lot of ways that I was, I was raised, how I was helping myself or hurting myself. And that's 
I mean, NLP's helped with everything. You know what I mean? So when you yes. ask the question, it's like specifically, here's these three, these things. And also in a generalized sense, NLP helps with everything because you gain even more conscious awareness of your inner dialogue, of your inner mechanisms, your thoughts, your feelings, especially, and why you're having certain feelings and what, what kind of uh, reaction and behaviors they're bringing up in your body. You know, one of the things that you and I talk about a lot is that you don't uh, like you're you're always doing. And I'm using air quotes here, y'all. You're always doing NLP. NLP is everything. It's the way you talk to yourself in your head. It's the way you frame your life. It's these identity statements: I am a drunk. I am a piece of shit. I am a loser. I'm never going to be worthy of love. Those I, I am statements. They, they the more you say them, the more they lock into who you think you are as your identity. And we got the five senses and how those uh, bring you information, how they're filtered and processed. Gal, you've heard me talk about delete, distort, generalize a lot. You've heard me talk about the filters like time and energy and mood and, and personality profiles. These are the things that, that Aubrey and I teach in these NLP classes because it's never too late to have a, a happier childhood is something that we learned. It's like you go in and you can reframe like, oh, I get it. My parents weren't perfect. They were doing the best they could with the resources they have. I'm doing the best I can with the resources I had then. Let's see about getting some new resources now. Mm. Yes, I completely agree. And it, oh man, the compassion that you get just from that statement that like, I'm doing the best I can with the resources or I did the best I can with the resources I had available. When you hold that new sense of compassion for yourself, that new sense of empathy, and you essentially give yourself permission to forgive yourself for the actions and the behaviors that you weren't proud of now, but at the time, that was what you knew how to do. That was how you knew how to heal and move through things. So NLP has this really nice framework of honoring who you were because that's you doing the best that you could have done at that time. So it's never about negating who you were or, or uh, what's the word? Like holding resentment for it. It's about saying, wow, that's exactly what I needed at that time. And I'm glad that I have all the new resources now because these new resources are the real deal. That old stuff, those old substances, they were the solution that became a problem. But at one point they were a solution. So I honor myself for finding a solution, but hello, that definitely didn't turn out too well. So now here's this new solution, this new resource. <laughs> yes. Well, and you know, I mean, uh, what was once a medicine becomes the poison. And you talk about how NLP, um, you know, and that's, the, I'm just saying that's as a finish to, uh, you know, we once found a resource. It worked then, right? Like I needed alcohol and drugs to be able to understand emotions in college. And now at 40 years old, the 22 years of that was like, wow, okay, that was my medicine. Then it is now definitely my poison. And then you go off and you start to understand neuro-linguistic programming. And it's, it's really about learning, uh, not learn, not, it's not about learning content as much as it's about the experience and, and what it is that you're actually experiencing in your life and being able to frame it in a more positive light. Yeah, I completely agree. And actually, that's one of the main notes that I've written on a lot of my sections for the, the content. And I teach that NLP is not about learning content. It, NLP is about learning how you're experiencing your inner awareness. And once you learn that, you have so many more tools to be able to hold yourself through life, through difficult 
uh, challenges through things and through hard conversations, even with yourself or other people. Uh, in my show notes, I have imagine a ship in a bottle. Would you fill that out for me? Imagine. Imagine that you have a ship in a bottle and you've seen these ships in a bottle, right? There, there's those long bottles, got the ship in it, very detailed. How do you get the ship out of the bottle without changing the structure of the ship or the bottle? I swear I've heard this riddle before and I, I don't think it's possible. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's possible. I think, yeah, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> yes. But if there was a way and you, and like, take it again, imagine that you had a ship in a bottle. How do you get the ship out of the bottle without changing the structure of the ship or the bottle? And I know everyone's like, well, you break the bottle. No, it changes the structure of the bottle. Or you like get tweezers and pull up the ship. Well, that changes the structure of the ship. So how do you get the ship out of the bottle without changing the ship or the bottle? And if you listened carefully enough, there was a special, special word that I used. Imagine. Imagine that you have a ship in a bottle. So imagine you have this problem that the ship's in the bottle and you need to get the ship out of the bottle. How do you get the ship out of the bottle? You imagine it out of the bottle. And this is a big metaphor for our problems because our problems are not necessarily objective reality, right? There are no good smells, no bad smells. There are merely just smells in the world. But because of our subjective experience, we add the title of good, bad, or problem to things. And so the theory could be that a lot of our problems are within our own imagination because we are responding through our subjective reality to what's there. So how do we get the ship out of the bottle? You imagine it so. So how do we shift ourselves from these big problems that we have in life? We start to imagine, we start to take our neural patterns and shift them because shifting them is what's going to take the ship out of the bottle. Shifting them is what's going to change a lot of the problems, how we're seeing the problem, how we know how to deal with the problem and our confidence in moving through the problem. That's so powerful. My brain was melting uh, on that, trying, trying to figure out, maybe I shrink the bottle, maybe I shrink the ship. And it's like, no, we're just imagining the ship out of the bottle, which is, and that's a great metaphor for what, how we often can see our problems. We see our problems as being this gigantic ship that we, first of all, don't even know how it got in the bottle. Like, I don't even understand how somebody builds a ship in a bottle that, that already blows my mind. I'm sure your YouTube would be more than happy to show me how to do that. Um, but once it's in the bottle, then we're like, well, I don't know. I can't get the problem out of this fixed container. And it's simply about how we're utilizing our words to say, well, what if it was possible to find a solution to this issue? What would that possibly be? And then now the brain is starting to think of possibilities rather than being stuck in impossibility mode. No, oh, I so love that. And exactly. If we're stuck in impossibility, if we think there's no way there's no way, then we're, we're limiting ourselves. We're limiting the framework of our mind to create possibilities. And so in NLP, instead of saying there's no way, you reframe that to what is a way? And you ask yourself these new questions because these new questions are going to break the boundary of your old thinking patterns that weren't helping you. 
And that's really, I mean, for me, whenever I stepped from sobriety into addiction recovery, it's not lost on me that I, I, so I got into sobriety on January 13th. I really consider that my addiction recovery, my actual recovery began around the September or October. I got a new therapist. She started challenging my thinking. I went to my very first NLP seminar with Matt, where I met you. That was in October, October 7th, to be exact. Um, and so to me, it's like, that's really where my addiction recovery started because it was the beginning to go into my traumas, to reword the way I talk to myself, to start talking to people in a more uplifting manner rather than judging them and being so harsh. And that's one of the things I've got in my notes as well is that it, NLP really guides us to understand how to communicate our feelings and our emotions and, and also what to do with these unwanted feelings like depression and anxiety. Yeah, language is so arbitrary and it's so personal and it's never quite exactly what we're talking about because our words are merely just the representation of the entire scenario that we're experiencing. So when we have tools like NLP where we're learning to understand our own mind, to manage our own mind, we'll be able to put words on what used to be just like this phenomena of the mind and I'm constantly hearing from students like oh okay this is what I was doing and now I have words to explain it now I have feelings to talk about emotional anchors that I experience when I go down those old alleyways you know what I mean like now I have words to put on things that didn't have words before I thought that was just part of life or part of me or just my thoughts. And now it's understanding, okay, certain emotional anchors that we have, the presuppositions of our words, those are all helping us gain more awareness and create the tools that we need to live the most empowered life that we want. So when you say presuppositions, I know that's a word we like to utilize a lot. And I'm not so sure if I were to try to break out a definition for the listeners, I would be able to be as clear as I know you'll be on this. Because I wanted to bring up the presupposition of people are not their behaviors. But first, I wanted to describe presuppositions. And now you've segued us there. So presuppositions. Beautiful. Presuppositions. The definition is that it's a, a linguistic assumption. So by saying why don't we continue this great conversation? I presuppose that the conversation is great. So our words are helping shape the, the reality that we're creating. And if somebody were to say they have a debilitating anxiety, you know, the word debilitating is way different than I have anxiety. I have debilitating anxiety. They're two different worlds. And the, the presuppositional language that we're choosing to use is what is shaping our internal representation, how we're understanding our reality. And there's certain presuppositions that NLP has, you know, come forth with as the, the leading points of the technology, kind of like how there's the 10 commandments and in yoga, there's things like yamas and niyamas, you know, nonviolence, uh, contentment. That's a lot of the principles over there. NLP has these presuppositions of the lens that we can look through and for the benefit of empowerment, living a better life. And so one of them, like you said, people are not their behaviors. And when we recognize that there's a difference between intention and behavior and that people are not their behaviors, 
people's behaviors are reflections of how people have been living their life. And that includes traumas that people have been through or beliefs that they have. And so we can separate that it's not, not just the behavior. The behavior doesn't define them. The behavior is ignited because they internally have values or needs that they're trying to fulfill. And when we look at those things, we can see that there's common positive needs that people are trying to reach for. And those positive needs might ignite bad behaviors because it's a faulty behavior to get to the resource that they really want. And having this kind of lens with NLP, it helps you see the world through more compassion, in my belief, compassion for yourself and for others. Yeah, I love the compassion for yourself and for others because there's this reframing of who we've been. We were this addict, we were a liar, we were a cheater, we were a thief, whatever it may have been. And for all of us out here, we've got some level of a story of that. And you notice, y'all, uh, whether she meant to or not, Aubrey started bringing up these 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 needs that we're, we're seeking to fulfill within ourselves. Hence why episode 161 was the six human needs that Tony Robbins popularized, because these are those unconscious motivators, you know, significance, contribution, personal growth, uh, love, connection, certainty, uncertainty. These are the things that we were seeking to fulfill within ourselves. That was our intention. The behavior that led us to, which is the behavior is the action that people saw externally, but they may have seen us taking money out of mom's wallet and thought, well, that's, they're a horrible person, not realizing, well, but the intention intention of that money was to help me ease my pain for one more day. And while the world might see the thieving of the money as meaning they're a bad person, they were just seeking to, to fulfill something in a very poisonous way. And now through sobriety and recovery, we start learning more beneficial ways, not just for ourselves, but for our loved ones to start to embrace a new version of ourselves. Mm, exactly. And when you can see that there are six common human needs that we're all going for, you can see that there are certain motivations behind those behaviors of even lying or stealing. And when you look at that, you do gain that sense of like respect, compassion for, for human existence, because sometimes people just find ways that get them what they want in a twisted fashion. And in time, people have the opportunity to find ways to get what they want, those same core human needs but with behaviors that benefit them and other people. Mm, oh. So lately I have been uh, talking about a book called The Inside Out Revolution that talks about how we, we, uh, we actually are responding to our internal thoughts and our internal feelings more so less. So we're, in, we're reacting and responding to what's going on inside of us a lot more than we are to what's actually happening around us externally. And I know that you uh, have talked before about it's not what happens to you. It's what ha is happening inside of you and what you're doing with what you're feeling in there. What is NLP going to guide us through in terms of it's not what happens to you. It's what happens inside of you. Mm, that's when you take that shift. And there's a certain fundamental shift that we want to take when we start studying things like NLPs and self-development. And instead of seeing the world as happening to you, you can see the world is happening by you. 
you are an author of your experience. Not only are you the author, you're the director, the producer, the screenwriter, the co-stars, like you are always filtering your experience in from your existence and your belief system. So when we approach life with this at cause mental environment, we're saying that life happens by me. So it's not what happens to you. It's, it is what happens inside of you. And when people are out of effect, they think that there are these external forces that are acting upon them. Oh, if the weather, why did the weather become rainy today? I had just washed my car. This is happening to me. And it's, it's not happening to you, right? It's happening, period. It's happening, period. And you choose what happens to you. So it, having this by me mindset means that you are holding yourself responsible, able to respond, response, able. And I love that breakdown of the word because you are truly in response to the happenings of your life. And when you hold on to that at cause mindset, you give yourself space to grow and to learn and to respond in a fashion that you want. You no longer fall victim to, well, you know, for years I was a binge eater and I fell victim to me being like, oh, I had one sweet and I'm a binge eater. And it was just, oh, this happened to me. You know, I'm just this label and that label only justified certain behaviors that weren't serving me. So by me mindset, is knowing that you're consciously creating with your life. You are there with the happenings of life. They're not happening to you. They're happening and you're choosing how you want to respond. Oh my God, my brain is exploding right now with things to say about this. It's sort of like when you know somebody would use a label, well, I'm just an asshole or I'm just a bitch. And it's like they throw that label on themselves and now what? That gives them permission to be an a-hole to the person running the deli counter? Uh, that gives them permission to be a jerk to their coworkers or their boss, or well, I'm just I have an addictive mindset, or I've you know I'm just an addict. So that, and then what you quit doing booze, but now what? Now I'm addicted to the gym, or now I'm addicted to driving fast down streets. It's like you slap this label on yourself almost as a justification technique. Agreed. Yeah, and and you know, who are we without our problems sometimes? And a lot of people relate to their problems so heavily that the identities become a part of them and then they fall victim to those identity labels. It is okay to say that you are an addict. It is okay to say that you are a binge eater. However, it is not okay for you to fall victim to what you think are the behaviors of those labelings that only perpetuate you into your darkness. That is not okay. If you are using these identity words in a way that is helping you thrive and survive and you knowing that you're an addict helps you actually stay away from the things that you know aren't good for you, then you're utilizing that identity. You're, you're saying this is happening by me. Yeah, I have this you know, thing that I do and I have this identity that I relate to and it's all about how you are using it. So even the words are just arbitrary. Even the words don't mean anything. It's literally how you are producing the behavior based upon your relationship to these words. 
It's so fascinating that we're bringing this subject up because for the longest time, my listeners have heard me say, like, I don't go to meetings and say I'm an addict because I am in addiction recovery. I want to allow identity statements to further feed who I believe I am. And you also give us permission to be okay with saying things like I am an addict because it's not the words that give it power. It's the behavior. It's the justifications after the words. And it's that it's the mindset. And, you know, uh, one of the reasons I call everything I do, the wise mind empowerment is because in the empowerment triangle is, is coach creator and challenger. And the disempowering triangle is victim, villain, hero. And I say, don't be the victim, be your own creator and let there be a coach, which would be the hero in the disempowering triangle and the villain in the, in the empowerment triangle is actually the challenger. So I love how you're bringing this up because other people out there might be like, well, wait, wait, Jesse says, don't ever say I'm an addict because then I'm always going to identify it as an addict. And you're actually opening us up to this new possibility of saying whatever you say, but not allowing the words to victimize you. Totally. Because ideally, yes, you move through addiction so that you are on the other side of it and talk about it in a past tense and say, I used to be an addict. Great. And if you're in a stepping stone in between where you're in conscious incompetence, right? You move from unconscious incompetence to where you're just in your addiction and you're doing all of the things. And then you have that beacon of awareness. That's like, oh, fuck, look what I've been doing with my life. Oh man. Okay. No turning back now. I realize who I am. Then you're in a space of conscious incompetence. Like you are an addict. And that level of self-awareness is a huge growing point from where you were before. So honor that space. If you do need to identify with that label, because it is helping you, because it is, you are, you are now even more aware that you have this addiction. That's a very special point. And yes, Ideally, we do move through that and can talk about being an addict in the past. And if it's serving you right now in a way that's helping you move forward with momentum and empowerment, because you're like, oh, man, yes. Oh, now I know how to handle this because I'm an addict. Now I know how to do this because I'm an addict. That's that's a huge growing point. I want to make sure that we do talk about that space of awareness as being, again, a space that we can hold confidence and, and gratitude for the life journey. And you are just awesome today. Awesome. So for those of you who are longtime listeners, um, so when Aubrey started to talk about conscious, uh, unconscious competence and unconscious incompetence, go back to episode 88. We cover that extensively. It has its very own episode. uh, episode. It talks about the four stages of competence, the four stages of learning something. So when you hear incompetent, you're not, oh, you're an incompetent person. It's just the levels of learning that we're going through. And, And for those of you who are listening to the show linearly, then you may have heard that a long time ago. We're at 172 now. That was 88. That's 90 episodes ago. So go back and check out episode 88. She also started referencing cause and effect. We talk about that extensively in episode 92. So by all means, go back and discuss what that one is, just so if you guys need a little bit more of a refresher on this. Uh, And I just love how you, it's like, Every answer you throw out there, I'm like, she's talking about another episode, another episode. And this is where I think it's really cool for everyone out there to realize, oh, Jesse's been peppering his entire show with neuro-linguistic programming. This isn't like once in a while I talk about it. It's every episode I am utilizing the power of neuro-linguistic programming. I just may not be coming out saying, hey, guys, by the way, this is on page 42 of the manual. (laughs) So good. I love that you have all of these 
organized and you're here with your listeners and able to refer to those. I think that's, you know, props to you on, on who you are and how you share this information. And I am not surprised that you've already extensively covered the topics. <laughs> it just seems so much fun. I'm like, oh, I learned something new. I, I tell you, there are so many episodes that are based off of those bi-weekly sessions that you run in the NLP Academy. You'll, uh, I did amazing ones on leadership based off of things that you said. Uh, and recently I've been getting a lot of messages from my listeners talking about how like, okay, so they've, they're, they're in their addiction recovery or they're in their sobriety it, day one, minute one. They've said, that's it. I am tired of being sick and tired. No more poison as medicine. I am going to start changing my life. They storm out. They announce to the world, I am sober and life will be grand from here on out. And everybody else around them is like, yeah, we've heard that before. And one of the things I feel like they're having some, uh, so they're having some solution opportunities around, right, guys, we don't call them problems, we call them solution opportunities, is that the rest of the world didn't sign up for their sobriety and recovery journey. The rest of the world didn't say, oh, you, oh cool, you've been to one meeting, cool, I'm going to start treating you completely different from here on out. And in fact, I'm going to start listening to that podcast that you love so much. Everybody else is just going through their life and they're going to still still have their emotional reactions. They're still going to get angry at the person in sobriety and recovery. And they ask me a lot, like, I'm doing all this work over here. The people around me aren't doing any of the work. I'm trying to respond rather than react, even though they are consistently reacting over responding to me. What am I supposed to do when somebody gets up in my face and starts screaming at me like I'm the old version of me when I, in fact, have now begun to see me as a whole new version of me? It's a long ass question. I apologize. And, and it, I breathe deeply because it usually those people are the ones that are closest to us. Isn't it? Isn't it ironic that we try to change and the ones usually family members or close friends who are relating to who we were before we made these shifts uh, are, you know, almost putting us back in that box. And at my last live seminar, it was so good because again, when we're learning neuro-linguistic programming and when you're moving through things like recovery, you are making very big changes in your life and you are making very, you know, 90 degree angle turns. You're going a completely different route than the way that you were going. And this is all great. And you're feeling the effects of it and the benefits of it. And then you get to the others that haven't done this, this kind of studying or work or haven't been through the journey that you've been through. And they're like, mm, yeah, well, we'll see about that. Let me see if you actually do change. And you almost, um, you could mind read that you're not feeling the, the support that you really want to feel. So a couple important pointers is to continue finding the support that is helping you thrive. That's really important. And whatever those people look like, the ones that are supporting you in your change, allow yourself to find those. And in my last live seminar, when we were talking about, you know, when you taught, when you start learning NLP, you probably will start talking differently. You'll choose different words because you're learning how much your words will affect your reality creation. And one of the, the gentlemen's in class, he went back home and his family did that thing. They're like, oh, so now you're, you're talking like this. Like, who do you think you are? You never talked like that before. Like what you're changing your words. Now you're changing your behaviors. And something so inspiring, what he said was, you know what I did? I went home and I said, you guys, this is me now. This is me now. And with such congruence, he said that how he handles those kind of conversations when people say, oh, you think you've changed? He says, yes, 
this is me now. And so he held such a strong, firm grasp of like, yes, I've changed. This is me now. And he didn't fall, you know, into those past patterns of a lot of peer pressure or, or feeling the need to justify. Find the support that you need and that is helping you and stay grounded and strong in these new decisions that you're making that are creating a happier life for you. And you know they are. So keep going. Fuck what other people think. <laughs> Well, you know, and, uh, you know, my so the internal representation, the story I was creating in my mind as you were answering that was, it was so oftentimes people would remember me from high school or they would, wouldn't know the hard partying Jesse. And they'd be like, this isn't you. And I, and I was indignant to them. I was like, this is me. This has always been me. And if you don't like the hardcore partying, doing drugs all night, staying up all night, doing whatever the hell he wants, when he wants version of me, then you can F off and get out of my life. And most of them would. And it's just funny how indignant I'd be to those people who really were trying to help me and say, Jesse, this isn't the best path for you. And then when I got sober and I learned in LP and I started talking different and behaving differently and all this about me changed and people were like oh this is who you are now there'll be a part of me that was almost almost wanted it to be ashamed like i oh well i mean maybe i guess i mean you know this is cool but maybe i won't really like it for that long and i almost started to try to talk myself out of the world of sobriety and recovery and out of the world of nlp because heaven forbid people not be congruent with these changes so i was indignant whenever they said jesse get sober but then i wasn't as indignant i was almost a pushover when i was getting sober and they were telling me the way I was getting sober wasn't working for them. So I say, guys, be just as indignant as you were about quitting back when you didn't want to be just as indignant. Now, when somebody says the way you're quitting and the way you're recovering isn't working for their model of the world, be like, good for you. I got to look at myself in the mirror in the morning. This is working for me. I'm, I'm ride or die on this mission now. Oh, love it. And that's that resource of being indignant, you know, using that, that firm hold of who you are. And that that's a very good resource to have complete confidence and, and gr a grounded sense of who you are. Very good resource, horribly used. If you're in the middle of an addiction and you're like, this is who I am. I'm just going to stay up all night. Well used when you're on the other side of that and you're, you're being strong in who you are and your sobriety. I love how this conversation has begun to fold over into something I talk about a lot on the show is that everything about us, who we were during addiction, is we don't have to throw that version of ourselves away. We actually learned a lot of really strong skills that we were perhaps not utilizing in the most productive way. It's like the person who uses a hammer to go around whacking people on the head versus the person who uses the hammer to build a house. The it's not that the tool was wrong. It's the way we were using it wasn't as desirable as it can be. So this indignant we had about who we were then, let's be indignant about it now. This, uh, this cunning way we had of always landing on our feet and being able to figure things out. Okay, then we used it to find drugs at three in the morning. Now let's use it to communicate more effectively, to show up on time to work, to go to the gym a few days a week to make sure we're feeling physically healthy. Who we were then doesn't need to get thrown out you know, with the bathwater like the baby. It actually is a lot of beneficial things. We just need to begin to learn how to reframe those and this is circling right back to NLP. NLP taught me how to see the who I was then as not being quote unquote bad, just as somebody who was using the tools that they had at their disposal uh, with less desirable intentions. And now I can shift them to be desirable. 
Absolutely. There's so much talent and the resources that come with addiction in a weird twisted way. Like the addicts are some of the most resourceful people. They will find what they need no matter what. You just learn to reframe that and swap it around. So it's not something that's killing you. It's something that's helping you and creating more health in your body. And you'll use those same kind of resources in a completely different way. And that's the swap. That's the swap and honor those resources. Like you obviously have certain personality traits that, that aid in you being a resourceful person, but don't be resourceful towards addictive behaviors, be resourceful towards creating health, wealth, abundance, and, and all of those other more positive traits. You nailed it. It's like it's like when a client or some people who hear me speak will be like, well, I just don't have the time to go to the gym for one hour a day, five days a week. I don't have the time to talk to my family, you know, with vulnerability and connective communication for an hour a day. I'm like, how much did you used to drink or use drugs? Oh, every day. And how many hours a day were you doing that? Oh, a lot. You know, I'm like a handful, three to five. Yeah. I'm like, well, then that's three to five hours you just bought back. So if you're telling me you don't have an hour to go do something, go to a meeting, go to the gym, have a connective communication conversation with a loved one. It's like, you're like, you, you made five hours to get wasted. Why don't we all decide we're going to make five hours to better ourselves every day? And let's see how many months and years of that was going to increase our life. Mm-hmm. Yep. And what's going to help you make that change is finding the needs and the values that you were searching for in the first place, because that's the higher intention of why you were doing what you were doing. It wasn't about the the drugs or the alcohol or the sex or the food. It's, It's about what that stuff brings you. And when you figure that out and you gain the awareness of what that stuff was bringing you, you can create a behavior that's better for you, that gives you that same stuff. So you are just as fulfilled and obviously even more fulfilled because it's all good stuff now. Ah, and this is what, this is what we teach in our NLP Academy, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. For 65 hours or more, we, we go over how you are shifting your life and how you want to shift your life and, you know, change your mind, change your world. It's so true in, in so many different ways. Now, I'm glad you mentioned the 65 hours because some people hit me up and like, well, is this something I can just, you know, can I just go read a book? And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I, th- there's the purple book. There's the gray book. There's a lot of books. I was like, but will you actually read them? Will you actually go off and utilize this stuff and learn it in a way that actually guides you to be able to shift it in on yourself and heal yourself? This is where those 65 hours come in that we train people on. It's, it's we really fully immerse you. It's like a 12 week course. There's the beginning, you know, weekend where it's full immersion, the ending weekend even better for more full immersion because now you've gone through 12 weeks you're like you're fully in it now and then uh you know a thursday night every week for 12 weeks when people come out of this what are some of the things that they a lot of people are like well i knew i was going to be a better person but i never expected this yeah i heard a metaphor once because you know the question is well can't i just read a book can't i just read about nlp yes you can also read a recipe but it's not the same as making the food and eating your own cooking. It's definitely not the same if you just read that recipe. And very similarly, you can read a book on NLP and it is not the same as attending a seminar 
and going through the techniques personally and leading other people through the techniques. It gives you so much more of an expansive experience. And that's the thing with neurolinguistic programming with like some of the, you know, marketing opportunities that we have. It is, it's just so fundamental to how you're uh, responding to life and how you're threading your life and what thoughts you're putting into your brain. People come out of the seminar to use a buzzword, quantum leaping through what they have been through. They literally see reality differently. And one of the most positive testimonials that I received from the NLP Academy is now I can see other people and hold more space for other people. And we, we just get more of this conscious collective community feel that we're all human we're all doing the best we can with the resources we have available and that everyone has the resources they need to achieve their specific outcome so people come out of these seminars not only acknowledging themselves more and feeling more empowered to create the change that they want in life they also feel that for other people too. And I think that's really important because in the time and space that we're in, when we have, you know, we can touch base with people on the other side of the planet so easily, we want to create even more of that, that conscious communication with the community that we have with capital U, right? Community. Mm. And we're all here together. <laughs> I mean, there's so many more topics we could go. We're, we're running, we're running towards the end of the show, but just there it's, 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 I hear a lot of judgmental words coming out of, of when people reach out to me and they hit me up on the, on the socials, there a lot of judgy judge stuff. And I get, we've been judging ourselves for so long. It's almost a, a knee jerk reaction to judge ourselves, to judge others. NLP taught me that, you know, my map is not the territory. I, I can see that person's behavior, but I don't really understand their intentions. I don't understand their unconscious human needs that they're seeking to fulfill. And just because I'm consciously aware of what it is they're doing now, it's such a, it's like, it's like, I see the tip of the iceberg of a person's behavior. I saw the tip of the iceberg of my behavior, but everything else was underneath. And NLP, it, it's, even if I don't ever get a chance to fully understand why someone just flipped off the other driver or screamed at the deli counter person, I can at least look at them and have some level of empathy. Like, wow, that person's going through something today. And that is, and what I just saw doesn't, isn't a reflection of who they are as a person, as much as what was occurring inside of them in the moment. And I, I walk, I'm like, I feel for that person. I can't solve everybody's problems. I can't go up there and immediately hug them and have them be all kumbaya, but I can see somebody else. And instead of judging them, I can, I can love them for being human and understanding that life humbles us. And, you know, today I'll be more present and maybe I'll treat people a little bit more kinder, starting with myself. Absolutely. Starting with yourself. We're always our first client. We're always the first person that we work with and the person that we're working with our entire lives. And so when we give ourselves permission to work through challenges of our identities, of our minds, of our behaviors, you come out stronger. You come out more fit for life and with more of these tools in your tool belt on how, how to handle challenges instead of going back to old behaviors of, of substances or things like that. You don't need that anymore. It, that's why I love NLP. You know, it's NLP is not some uh, medicine or plant medicine or anything. NLP is 100% sober work. 100% sober work. And it just leads you into these mindsets that you would have never thought were possible if you hadn't started digging into your own brain in this way. 
Oh, okay. I'm just so fired up. Again, I already had asked you to come on the show more regularly. We were definitely going to lead ourselves in that general direction. I haven't had a guest on the show in so long. I haven't been able to ask my megaphone question. So this is your megaphone question. You have a megaphone and this megaphone can reach every single human being on the planet. Everybody gets to hear what you're getting ready to say. For those out there who might just, you know, there's, there's some level of pain. There's some level of suffering. There's some level of trauma. They, they're generally happy, and today they're not. Something in their life is just they feel something. They look in the mirror. They see something's a little off. They say things, and they're like, that's just that's not working for me anymore. What would you say to those people? Give yourself permission to be the person you don't think you can be. That is a bumper sticker. I mean, that slap that on a shirt. Give yourself permission to be the person you don't think you can be. Yeah, because for some reason, the, the reason you're you're challenged and you're hitting these roadblocks and you're feeling like you can't change is because there's another person on the other side that you don't think you can be. You can't be the healed, you know, a completely empowered individual. Like there's resistance within our nervous system that's been created. And that resistance is just fundamentally created by us and we are the brick walls that get in the way of our our own selves and so when you give yourself permission to be the person that you don't think you can be you break through those barriers and you say i can do this it's like we're it's like our shadow selves are our own chains we want to get across and we think, oh, it's mommy, it's daddy, it's my grandparents, it's society, it's social media, it's the left, it's the right, it's the red, it's the blue, it's the donkeys, it's the elephants. We want to blame anybody else. In reality, if we just shine a light right behind us, we'd see it's just ourselves with all these chains holding it. And if we just say, dude, I've, I've, but I'm trying to go forward. Oh, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize that's what you wanted to do. Love it. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I just, I think it's cool that people get to hear NLP coming from somebody else's mouth. Uh, it's just, I have my way, obviously 171 episodes before we got you on. And so for them to hear your perspective, I, it's been, I've, it's been wonderful for me to hear it just through the questions that have evolved from the beginning of this conversation. I agree. Jesse, thank you so much for having me on the show and the work that you're doing and, and everything that you're sharing. It has been such an honor to co-train this stuff with you. And it's no surprise that life paths end up working in congruent ways with people that are in similar frequencies. And I've just been so uh, filled with so much gratitude for what you've brought uh, to to my world and to the students that now get to learn from both of us. (laughs) And we're doing that in October. Yeah. We haven't, we haven't nailed down the exact dates, but we know the month of October is when it's going to start. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 12 week course starts in October. It is amazing, transformational, life-changing work and done, you know, with spaced repetition. And that kind of learning portal is, is quite phenomenal. If I do say so myself, you know, I'll get us out of here on this, but you brought up a good point. I've had a lot of my listeners say, you know, I got that purple book. I got that gray blue book. I, I went off and I Googled a bunch of stuff and I don't feel about this stuff the way that you do. And I think you touched upon it earlier. It's really because we're in a safe space. 
and we everything is you know super private, super loving. It, it's we're we're not only are we showing you all of this amazing NLP, but then you're walking through these demonstrations, you're working them out and doing them with other participants. So you don't just learn like in a book, you read it and you're like, oh, okay, and maybe you read along with it. But here we're getting each other into these private breakout rooms where they're actually you know getting a chance to guide another person through the NLP and then be guided themselves through it. So they walk away like actually having the experience of neurolinguistic programming rather than just reading it like it's a textbook when it's not, it's not content to learn. It's an experience to have. Yes. Yep. It is all about the experience that NLP brings and the new awareness of the pictures, the sounds, the feelings that you feel. Aubrey Pohl, everybody. Thank you so much for being on the show today. It has been a joy. It's been a pleasure. You be splendid and we'll have you again on the show soon. Thank you, Jesse, so much. Absolutely. All right, my friends, as always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Every day is the best day of our lives because we wake up sober. Shout out to Sunshine Glow On. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.